This is the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Today is Wednesday, July the 10th, 2019. It is 1130 in the morning here in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Okay, I'm going to start a new series on this podcast, on the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast. And it's going to be entitled, God of Love. So this is going to be entitled, God of Love, Part 1. Blind faith pleases Jesus greatly. Blind faith pleases Jesus greatly. Now, over the last uh, few weeks, first of all, I had a chance to take a week off uh, family vacation the last week of June. And then, over the, and then, of course, last week was 4th of July, so I had a chance to just recollect my thoughts. I really, uh, a real opportunity to spend time with the Lord and try to discern His will for, for me personally. And I felt like our Lord instructed me to order this book entitled, Jesus Appeals to the World. This book is based on the apparitions where Jesus appears to Sister Mary Consolata in the 1930s. I believe it's in Italy, uh, maybe in France, but, but in, in, I believe it's Italy. In any event, the message is incredibly similar to the message we hear in the Diary of Divine Mercy. So, of course, the Diary of Divine Mercy I, I, I speak of often. Uh, from 1925 to 1938, Jesus appears to St. Faustine in Poland. And our Lord tells her the power of his mercy, his goodness, speaks of his omnipotence, that he can do anything in a single word, in a single moment. And that his mercy is so great we can't even fathom it. Well, this message is that I'm referring to today that I'm going to do this, this series on based on the book here from the, from the writings, Jesus Appeals to the World. The book is written by, I guess it's Father Lorenzo Salis, I guess it's pronounced, and he was the spiritual director of Sister Consolata. So what I want you to understand is this, Divine Mercy, the, di- the apparitions of the Diary of Divine Mercy are occurring in the 1930s in Poland for the most part, right? Simultaneously. Unknown to St. Faustina, apparitions are occurring from Jesus to Sister Consolata with a very specific emphasis on his love, on the love that his sacred heart has for each one of us. And one of the powerful prayers that I've already read in this book is this, and you may have heard this, and I love this prayer. I try to make a daily consecration to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. It takes but a moment, but it's so powerful. But one of the, but the way, one of the ways that one of the lines in the prayer is this: Sacred Heart of Jesus, I believe in your love for me. Amen. And there's something about meditating upon that love, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, where doubt dissipates. And when I received this book it was i ordered it was supposed to come actually it was supposed to come yesterday or today and it arrived the day after i ordered it so i've had a chance to really uh begin familiarizing myself with these writings but what i wanted my point was with saint faustine and sister consulata is that these apparitions are occurring sim- simultaneously where saint faustine is receiving we can call them the divine mercy apparitions I, you could call these even the divine love apparitions i i you could say that the, it's the emphasis is is really on the love of god so my point, so love and Jesus says in the Diary of Divine Mercy that he is in fact love and mercy itself. So my point is simply that these two apparitions are occurring simultaneously so incredibly similar. 
and neither sister knew that the other one was being appeared to. What's my point? My point is, is that if one were to ever doubt, if someone in today's day and age were to doubt the apparitions of, of one or the other, our Lord in his divine wisdom allowed these two devotions to occur simultaneously so that neither one would have the opportunity to see what the other one was writing. It, in other words, it reinforces the authenticity of both of these messages. And I'm telling you, the words are so similar. I read a passage to my wife last week, and she said, that sounds like divine mercy. I said, I know exactly. It's so similar. And what I want to do is, so as I mentioned, okay, I had a chance to really recollect my thoughts over the last few weeks and just kind of feel for where the Lord is uh, trying to take me and possibly this podcast. And I feel reinvigorated with, with a fire of love for this specific podcast and this specific message because I really feel it's so needed. And I think over the last few weeks, what the Lord has been letting me know is that a lot of people out there are wounded. They're hurt. They're suffering. A lot of people out there have wounds that have not healed. And Jesus can heal those wounds. And that's what I want to try to put this emphasis on. And of course, the, the name of this book that I'll be speaking of for a while. I'm going to be getting into this for a while. Uh, what I mean is that today is, is the God of God of Love Part 1. I'm going to go until the Lord tells me that you've completed this mission. It could be 33 parts. It could be, I, you know, I don't know exactly. Uh, for some reason, that number just jumped out at me. Of course, the number of years that our Lord lived on this earth. But this world is hurt. There's so much pain. There's so many wounded people in this world. And these wounds for many, many people are unknown to their neighbor. They're unknown. We know about when someone's in physical suffering. We know if someone has um, something going on physically, whatever that is, you, you fill in the blank. But there's so many people out there that are suffering emotionally and mentally. And no matter, we, we, can, we can talk about things that that are, are important to our faith and our culture and life. But you know what? I, I, there's a gut feeling of mine. It's in my heart. I've been praying to be more in tune with the Lord's will. And I, and I feel like some people are saying, whether they say it out loud or they're just saying it within their soul, or this is what, what I'm translating is, so what? Because you know what? That cultural change doesn't affect my wounds. And that's, that's what I want to focus on is helping people. That's where the whole message of this podcast has always been about. Helping people become happy through the mercy and the blessings of Jesus. Leading them to our Blessed Mother Mary so that our Blessed Mother can obtain peace for people. Because I think that will help with everything. Uh, and, I, and I'm going to get into the reading in just a moment. Uh, a couple of years ago, I received an email from the Susan B. Anthony list. And you may have too if you're on their email list. And they just asked, do you have any ideas to help this country become more pro-life? Now, I'm paraphrasing. And I said, I, I thought about it. And, you know, we, I could have went with a, you know, a, a more uh, answer directed towards the legislature or uh, even at the conscience of people um, talking about what specifically happens in abortion, that type of thing. But what I felt led to do was to focus on having people pursue a relationship with Jesus, with Mary. Because I can speak personally in my life, the closer I become to Jesus and Mary, the more pro-life I become. 
And I think that's a very true statement for a lot of people. And even statistically, we can look at the fact that I believe it's 40% of Americans go to church, worship God in a synagogue, what have you, temple, weekly, church, go to mass weekly, our Protestant, Protestant brothers and sisters go to church weekly. 40%, 4 out of 10 Americans worship God weekly in a formal setting. Church, temple, synagogue, mosque. 44% of Americans, by most accounts, declare themselves, and I know there's different levels of, of, of being pro-life, but 44% of Americans basically are calling themselves pro-life. Do you see a correlation? I, I do. I do. So my, my point to Susan B. Anthony List is, what happens if we get 60% of Americans worshiping God weekly in a formal setting? Church, temple, synagogue, mosque. What happens? I believe in my heart through the relationship with God, one would become more pro-life. In other words, that pro-life number will follow correspondingly. It may not be exactly at 60%, but you get the point I'm making. Is so, I, so in other words, I think the emphasis needs to be on worshiping God and the rest will follow. And that's a biblical statement. Think about what Jesus says in the book of St. Matthew. Chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously. And all things will be given to you besides. Amen. So, while I do enjoy speaking of issues that are that that are important to our culture, and and sometimes that that needs to be talked about, we just need to be obedient to what God wants, and there's there's definitely a need for that. I feel as though, especially right now, and this could be for the duration of of my days. I don't know, but. There needs to be an emphasis on healing. There needs to be an emphasis on love. And that's going to come with a relationship. That healing, those blessings, that generosity that Jesus can give is going to come through pursuing a relationship with him. And I believe through this book, Jesus Appeals to the World, when when you hear, when anyone hears this message of love from the merciful heart of Jesus, that person will be filled with hope. That person will be filled with belief and love for one another and for their neighbor and conversion will happen and the rest will follow. So let's get into it here. I'm going to, so again, this is God of Love Part 1. Subtitle would be Blind Faith Pleases Jesus Greatly. Blind Faith Pleases Jesus Greatly. Let's hear what Jesus has to say. So this is August 6th. 1935. If, if for some reason you have this book, but if you can get this book, I would highly recommend. I believe it's actually available on a PDF file for free, I believe. I would simply, you go to a search engine, Google, whatever, and I would probably search for it if I were you, or you can order this book like I did from Amazon, came the next day. August 6, 1935. Jesus to Sister Consolata. And by the way, I want to make this very clear. All these words are meant for all of us. The Lord makes that clear. So does the author who is the spiritual director for Sister Consolata. So when you hear these words, don't just think this message is 
for Sister Consolata in isolation. This message, Jesus even tells her to write it down because it's for so many people. I'm paraphrasing the second part of that, but our Lord does say something incredibly similar to that. Right? I don't have the quote in front of me, but write it down because this is for, meant for a lot of people. Jesus, of course, tells that same sentence, in effect, to St. Faustina in the Diary of Divine Mercy. August 6, 1935, Jesus says to Sister Consolata, again, a message meant for all of us, do you know what draws me to your soul? It is the blind faith which you have in me. October 20th, 1935, so just a few months later, Jesus reiterates in effect, here are the words of Jesus, the blind childlike, limitless faith, which you have in me, pleases me greatly. And it is on that account that I bend down to you with so much love and with such tenderness. October 8th, 1935, which of course is the feast of Our Lady of Good Remedy, and I do have to mention, it's also my wife's birthday. So October 8th, this was of course uh, many years before my wife was born. This is 1935, but October 8th, 1935. Jesus says, I will work wonders in you, Consolata. Because your trust in me has no obstacles. You believe in Jesus and in his merciful heart. Everything is possible to him who believes. November 18th, 1935. Jesus is speaking to St. Faustina. This is, there's going to hear, be a more specific thing. Now here, I want you to understand this. Think about the plans that God has for your life. Now, you may be hearing this message. You may be 20 years old. You may be 40 years old like me. You may be 60 years old. You may be 80 years old. But no matter how many days, if you're here on this earth, God still has a plan for your life. Whether it's in the early part of your life and or the, 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 towards the end of your days. But listen with the intent of leaning on Jesus for everything and be ready to take off. Jesus says, if you would trusted in yourself, or had leaned exclusively on one of my creatures in order to gain the summit, you would have advanced at a snail's pace. But since you trust only in Jesus, you are sustained by the Almighty. And so I will work marvels. We will make gigantic flights. Amen. I'm going to do one more reading from this here. And I hope you're, you're hearing this with an open heart and an open mind and understand that blind faith pleases Jesus greatly. Our Lord can read our soul, so he knows the level of our faith. Uh, one prayer I've made many times, I probably should make it more frequently, is to ask Jesus to mercifully, in the most loving and merciful way, increase my faith. Increase my trust in him. But I do ask 
It's always done in the most merciful way possible for an obvious reason. Because it would prefer the mercy than in an alternative. But I want you to hear this last reading and then we're going to close up here. Jesus speaking again, still on November 18th, 1935. Jesus speaking to Sister Consolata. He says, Consolata, place no limits on your confidence in me. Then I will place no limits on my graces for you. I'm going to read that one more time. Consolata, place no limits on your confidence in me then I will place no limits on my graces for you. Amen. See, many times, I can, all right, Jesus says in the Diary of Divine Mercy, the two greatest obstacles to holiness are discouragement and exaggerated anxiety. Now, I've learned personally because, right, discouragement, you want to give up. It's not something's not working. Uh, you know, it's hard to stay the course. You're not seeing the results you want to see. Whatever the case is, right? We've all been down that road. We know that. That's discouragement, right? Exaggerated anxiety, runaway thoughts. We all get those runaway thoughts. What happens if this happens, if this happens? Uh, right? We start to go off the rails. So if you experience those thoughts, you're not alone. Jesus is saying they're the two greatest obstacles to holiness. So what's the remedy for those? What is, in effect, the opposite? Because those both stem from doubt. When you doubt that Jesus keeps his promises, discouragement and exaggerated anxiety are the result of that doubt. So what's the opposite of doubt? It is what? Belief. 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 Belief in what? Believing that Jesus keeps every promise he makes. Believing that when Jesus says, in the book of St. John, chapter 14, verse 14, Jesus says, if you ask anything of me in my name, I will do it. Amen. What our Lord is asking us to do is to believe him, to take him at his word. Now, does that mean the request has to be in accordance with God's will? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Now, I, I remind you of a promise that Jesus makes in the Diary of Divine Mercy, which is one of my very favorite promises. Jesus says, No soul that is called upon my mercy has been disappointed or brought to shame. Amen. What that means, what's all this mean? It means if you ask for something and you don't get it, you might just get something better. You're, but you're going to get something. Jesus will give you something that will, that will satisfy you, make you happy. And you know what? Many, there's many times Jesus gives us what we ask for. As long as that request is in accordance with his will. So if you have a, a wound, I want to get back to where I started this message. If you have a wound, if you have something that's just bugging you, if you've been wounded, if whatever it is, if you're just doubting, bring it to Jesus. Bring it to him privately. I don't make a big public sentiment for it. Talk to him privately. Remember what Jesus says in the gospel. Go to your inner room. Lock your door. Talk to him. And ask Jesus to heal you 
Ask him to be generous towards you in every single aspect of your life. If you have, if you if you're not sure what to ask for, that's a great prayer. Ask him for his mercy. Because his mercy won't disappoint you, won't be brought to shame. So you may not even know what you're asking for. But Jesus knows. So ask him to heal you. Ask him to bless you, to be generous with you, to exalt you. Ask him these things, and he will do it. You may be so wonderfully surprised at how Jesus exceeds your prayer. I assure you this, you won't be disappointed. You will be healed. You will receive peace. You will receive blessings. By the way, the wounds I'm really referencing, and I probably should be more specific, is the wounds of the soul, of the heart. Not the physical heart, but emotionally, mentally. They're the wounds that I'm referencing. Does that mean that Jesus can heal you physically? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now Jesus may be using the hands of a doctor to heal you physically as well. He may be providing a remedy Right? Remember our Blessed Mother, Our Lady of Good Remedy. Maybe we're providing a remedy that's helping as well. That's not to say we don't use those things if Jesus gives them those, gives us those things. But what I'm referring to in a very specific way is those folks out there that just feel almost hopeless that the Lord can't help them. Because that's a lie. That's not true. And ask Jesus for the blessing. Ask Him for what it is you want what it is for you to be healed. Like I said, I recommend asking for the Lord to be generous to you in every way possible. Jesus can do anything. If you have a physical suffering, if you have something that you, that you think needs to be physically healed, ask him because he may just do it or he may provide the means for it to occur. But you're not going to be disappointed. Because Jesus and Mary never disappoint. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Thank you for listening to the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast.